really looking forward to continuing on, continuing on with you. Um, stakeholders is, a, is at the end of the month, and for us, that's a, a chance for um, Pete to, to cast a bit of vision for the year. And I'm, I'm hoping to, by God's grace, to, to just take a look at, at um, who God is. That's what we did last, last week. And then today, who we are collectively, and then next week, who we are individually. Um, in an attempt, why would I do that? I want to I attempt to reshape and remind us of God's uh, precious truths toward us and to equip us to grow and serve each other more effectively. Um, to, to illustrate this, imagine a builder constructing a large um, multi-level home. He's up in the second story starting to work on um, building the framing there and he, um, he kind of stops and he goes, and then he walks out to the ute and he kind of rolls out the plans on the back of the ute and he's looking at it, he's going, where were we again? He's kind of looking around and he goes, yeah, that's it, that's right, that's what we're doing. Of course, that's what I want to do for us. I want to kind of roll out the plan a little bit and look at, look at who we are and, and what we're all about and kind of just, oh, that's right, this is where we sit right here, okay? So um, in, in an attempt to help us to grow and serve each other more effectively. So by God's grace, um, we're growing and we're moving forward. Um, and I just want to take us back to the drawings and have a little re-look at, at um, God's great design for us. So today, um, we're looking at the nature of His church. Let's, um, let me just start really quickly. I'm going to look at three elements or three, I think, key elements that we need uh, as a church for us to grow. I'm going to start by just quickly defining. Um, when you read about the church and when you think about the church, um, what, what is the picture that you get? Um, really simple, this one, but it needs to be covered. The church is a local gathering of Christians, a region or a city where Christians meet together. So a, an example here to the saints who are in Ephesus, to all those in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints, to the church of God that is in Corinth. Um, Paul wrote letters to local gatherings in different cities that he had visited or, or had a relationship with. This is what church means. So um, to biblically, we are we, we are the church. Um, to the saints in high fields who are loved by God, um, that's us, church. So when you think church, firstly, primarily think the project. Um, it, there is a sense where it's a, a global church, there's one church, there's Christ's church, his bride. But before you go to that, firstly, think us. So when Paul's talking to the church and he's saying, you should probably do this and you should probably do this, and this would be a really good idea, and stop doing this, he's firstly talking to us here, in, uh, sitting up on Mount Kynock, uh, in, in the Darling Downs. Okay, so go there first before you go broadly, because what you're doing when you go broadly is you're losing it. You're going, oh, there's someone, there's someone in Brisbane who really needs to hear that message, but it's not me here, okay? Does that make sense? So go, go here first. So three elements. Um, I wanted to do four, but... Um, but We've got, uh, we've got trial protection training on, and I'm really stoked to be going that. So um, I'm going to wrap it up. That wasn't sarcasm. We need to do it. All right, so the first, the first element is um, the church is founded on his word, uh, Ephesians 4.11. So I'll have, a, I'll have a text for each of these elements. If you want to write down the, the original text, this will be most helpful for you, uh, Ephesians 4.11. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may be no longer 
we, sorry, we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. I see if there's a few elements here. What's the goal? What's the goal um, of the church? Um, if you have a look here, um, the first uh, or third verse in, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. The goal at the end of the day is knowing God. That's what we, that's what we really want to do more than anything else because that's going to create more transformation in your life than anything else why 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 do we want to know god and and know him truly Um, look a little further down so we may no longer be children just rocking in the boat just kind of every time a little wave comes we're just throwing over cast across the deck just going whoa we don't want to be tossed around we don't want to be tossed around by every wind of doctrine and how do we do that how do we move through that by speaking the truth in love verse 15 there speaking the truth in love we're to grow up that's how we grow up so let's have a look i want to break down i just want to hone in on speaking the truth in love really 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 closely to try and look at um one of the ways that we're founded uh, on his word speaking romans ten fourteen. how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed And how are they to believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? Speaking. So the first element I I think that exists within the church being founded on God's word is there needs to be a proclamation. There needs to be action. There needs to be actively declaring God's word. Now let, let let me clarify that's, that's you. That, that is, in a sense, um, the, the person up the front who teaches to the church, but it's the church proclaiming God's word to each other. That's your mouth. That's your words. That's your thought declaring the good news of the gospel. Us growing as a church will require you at times to speak to each other. That was huge sarcasm, but we know that, right? But, but to be active, to be boldly declaring the promises of God to each other, to be speaking to those outside of the church, um, speaking what? The truth. Ephesians 1.13, In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, and then what's he saying next? He's saying, this is what the word of truth is, the gospel of your salvation. So I want to speak the truth. Well, what's the truth? The gospel of your salvation, the truth, is the good news of your salvation. Or, or namely, the person and the work of Jesus Christ as told through the Bible. Us growing as a church will require of you a deeply affectionate relationship with the truth of Jesus in the Bible. When you think of the Bible, when the, just you think the Bible. First thing that comes to mind, are you thinking good news or are you thinking duty? Are you, are you hungry to know more of the truth of, of Christ? Look, listen to how the, psalm, the psalmist says it here. He says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. So, so taste Christ, taste him in the word and test him according to his promises and see that he is truly good. 
speak the truth and how what's the means how do we do that we do that in love john 13 says a new commandment i give to you that you love one another just as i have loved you you are also to love one another by this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another how do you speak the truth you need to know and love and be invested in relationships it's one thing just to tell someone with a really broad stroke that anger is wrong it is entirely another thing to tell someone that they are deeply angry and they need to repent and move towards jesus you can't do that outside of relationship you can do it but it's not going to end up really well Um, it's not going to have a great result so us growing as a church will require you to lay down your life and your insecurities and your preferences and your priorities in order to love and serve other people our church is founded on god's word it's founded on the word we need god's word in the midst of us we need it to direct us we need it to to correct us to try we need it to humble us and and we need it to carry us now what let let me just give you a few ideas of what this could look like what does this look like um, in the life of our church remind each other of the good news of god's salvation um When's the last time you told someone your testimony? When's the last time you told someone about the great work that God has done in your heart to turn, you, turn your desires away from sin and turn them towards Him? Tell other people, tell your church community about the good news of God's salvation. Trust God's promises for each other. When you're walking together in relationship, trust actively for someone else God's promises. You know what, if, if you're confronting someone who's angry, trust God's promises that good sense makes someone slow to anger. It's his, uh, it's his kindness to overlook an offense. So trust that for them. Look, I'm trusting for you today that God's good wisdom will make you really slow to anger. Do that together. Do that proactively. Um, lastly, another thing that this could look like is to pray for your leaders. If God's word is really important, it would, it's really important that you're praying for Pete and the elders. Pray that God would be leading them into his word. As, as you prepare for stakeholders, be praying that God would give Pete a, clear, a crystal clear sense of vision and a sense of, I really feel like this is where God wants us to go. Because um, we need his word. We need his word to be leading us. So please, um, please consider a few of those things. All right, the second element. So the first element is the church is founded on His Word. Um, The second element is the church um, should be focused on His mission. Matthew 28, 18 to 20. The Great Commission. Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. The church is the vessel for God's redemptive plan for humanity. God intends to reach through the church to the lost. So he's, he's not just kind of 
going out and around and just going, look, you guys just do your things and I'll work on saving people. God intends to reach straight through the church to the people outside, to the lost. We are a church of missionaries. Um, what's he saying here at the start? All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Look, I've got, the, I've got the power to save. I have made a way to God the Father. Um, it's done. Um, I, I've done it. It's finished. Now go. Just go. We are sent by God to the people around us. You don't, look, you don't have to travel far to fulfill, fulfill this command. So the, what I said at the start there about thinking of the church firstly as us, um, it's easy to look at this and go, oh, that's a, that's a um, verse for missionaries. That's for people that are traveling to other nations because he's saying, just make disciples of all nations. So just, just travel to another country and, and tell them about the gospel and uh, leave it to them. Now that, yes, in one sense, there's a clear call there to, to um, missions in, in other countries. But first, don't go there straight away. Go first to yourself and your own environment and your own community and your world and how you're making disciples right there. Let me break down the elements within that text. The first part there that he says is, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. It, uh, it starts with the sending. Go. It's, how good's that? It's really clear. It's like Jesus has died and resurrected, and he's done everything that needed to be done. And he appears to his disciples and, and they're like, all right, what are we doing? What's going on? Are you going to restore your kingdom? Like, are we, are we going to go to war? Should I be sharpening the sword? He's going, no, 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 no. This isn't going to look the way you think it is. Go and make disciples. Baptize them in, the, in my name and in God's name and the Holy Spirit. The church is an outward expression. We are not here to serve ourselves. As a Christian, your function with the body isn't primarily to get what you can from other people. You are not a leech who, who jumps on someone's leg and sucks and sucks and sucks until they're satisfied and drops off fat and full to lay and wait until they're hungry again to jump onto someone else and leech them. Rather, um, well, I hope you're not, by God's grace you're not, and rather you're like a fire and you interact with people and you relate to people and they can, they can smell it on you. It's, oh, something's going on here. There's something a little bit dangerous. There's something a little bit risky and they can feel the heat and they can, they're just kind of like, something's going on with this guy uh, and it's really contagious. Let me, um, let me give an, an example of this, a, a video. This is, um, yeah, I'll just quickly play it. Ha 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 ha! 
That that is um isn't that just a, a a spreading of the good news? Isn't that just like I'm just having a really good time and I'm not even being that proactive about it and other people are just catching on to it. I'm just doing relationship and I'm enjoying Jesus and I'm enjoying the goodness of God and other people are just going, Wow, that's really cool. I really like that. And and that's it's kind of like, Wow, something's going on there and I want to be a part of it. Church is an outward expression. Your, your salvation, let me illustrate this like this, your, your salvation is not like a, a pond. You're not the end of the road where water gets trapped and isolated and becomes still and becomes stagnant and families come to swim in it and they're just going, ooh, you know, like Goombra, man. That thing is shocking. You just go there, it's a beautiful campground and you just get your heart broken when you walk out and there's just leeches all over your legs. And Kids, maybe just, we'll give this one a miss. We'll um, back in the car. Uh, it's not like that your salvation is like a river it's like the river of life flowing through you to bring life to those around you focusing inward will cause festering now just a little side note here um, and look I'll go for it if the music isn't quite to your groove or the chairs aren't quite as comfortable as you'd like or you don't like the church logo or whatever just hit hold pretty quickly okay just kind of whoa just pause where's your perspective what are you focusing on are you focusing on your comfort or are you focusing on the mission of the church tim keller says this i'll just read this before we move on a missional church now i hope when we read this you're not just thinking about the leaders of the church and what they're doing this is us. This is the community of the church working together to be on a mission. A missional church gears absolutely every single part of its life, its worship, community, public discourse and preaching education for the presence of non-believers from the culture surrounding it. A missional church's congregation reflects the demographic makeup of the surrounding community and therefore it gives non-Christian neighbors attractive and challenging glimpses of what they should look like as Christians. A missional church's worship is evangelistic in the sense that it makes sense to non-believers in that culture even while it challenges and shapes people with the gospel. A missional church's people are outwardly focused, so involved in the local community and so alert for every opportunity to point people toward Christ that evangelism happens naturally through relationships. Because of the attractiveness of its community, the contextual nature of its message and humility of its people, a missional church will discover significant numbers of people always in the midst, incubating and exploring Christianity. It must welcome them in hundreds of ways. It will do little to make them comfortable, but will do everything to make its gospel message understandable. God is reaching through the church to the lost. Are you making his job harder? The second element that's at work here. The first is we are sent, and the second here, based on the text there where he says, go and make disciples, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. How do you make disciples? Well, based on this text, we understand that it's by teaching them about Jesus and all of his life and his work and his commands. There is a lot to learn. Salvation isn't the end. 
That's not where it stops, but that's, beginning of, that's the beginning of this call. Um, and we're going to look at this in, in the terms of distance and depth. Um, a quote here from Jonathan Parnell, part of the team at Desiring God. He says, Jesus came to make his blessings flow far as the curse is found. And that means both the curse out there among the highways and hedges of this world and the curse in here among the nooks and crannies of our soul. Now, we want to be doing both of that, don't we? Like, that's, that's really good. We, you can see how one or the other isn't going to work. We're not going to produce um, growing, mature Christians with only distance or with only depth. And um, We want to reach the unchurched. We want to call them to joy in, in Christ and to turn away from the misery of sin. And we want the church uh, members to grow in love for God and alike to call them to joy in God and to call them to continue to turn away from the misery of sin. Uh, we long for mature disciples of Jesus, warned, taught and wise in the knowledge of God. We long for a people on mission, turning people towards Christ and His redeeming power. And lastly is to be bold and I draw this out of the little tagline he says at the end there. Uh, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. What is this? What, you kind of wonder why this is in there um, at first. But what does this tell you about being on a mission? He's telling you that there's going to be resistance. It's going to be hard. There, there are going to be trials um, that will exist um, within being a mission. It's not just, all right, let's do this. And everyone's just... You know, just taking a knee. It's like, yep, all right, brother, I'm in. You know, that's not always going to happen. There's going to be resistance um, when you're on a mission. If any man should come after me, let him take up his cross. Uh, what What a sweet promise that is. I am with you always. I hope you can see that. I hope that when you feel uh, rejected by men, I am with you always always when you feel ostracized when you feel humiliated when you feel like you don't know what to do or or how to do it i am with you always now look at the context you might be tempted for this to be kind of like a soothing sort of self-soothing thing but i would illustrate this like a mother bird with her foot on the back of her chick's kicking them out of the nest saying, fly birds, take a risk, go for it. I am with you always. So it's not, this is right in the midst of a really fearful, kind of overwhelming, standing on the precipice. Let's go. And God's going, I'm with you. Don't be be afraid. I'm with you. So that the little mother bird, she's not saying, hey, look, just stay here in the nest. Just take shelter. Just be careful. There's a storm coming. Um, You know, there, there, there. She's saying, go on, fly, go for it, go make disciples, get out, spread your wings, put yourself on the line, go low in service to people, and I will be with you. Christ is your prize, not the applause or the approval of man. Let's be bold in our mission. Lastly, You're just going to have to put up with it now because I'm out of water. Fellowshipping as his family. Ephesians 2, 19 to 21. So, you, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. 
built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in, which the, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. The church is God's family on earth. Let me draw out a few things from this as our last point. Members. So if you have a look at this text here, you are, a f- you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. You are a family. You are members of the household of God. That's when you become a Christian, you be, you're adopted into God's family. You're members of the household of God. Um, you're a family, so, so start acting like it. You're not a stranger anymore. Don't, don't play that card. In Christ, you are a member of God's family. Get engaged. Get connected. Be proactive in developing community. It's on you. Look, we could have a little team here that's like um, trying to connect everyone relationally and say, hey, it'd be really good for you to meet them and you to meet them and you to meet, and try and build family like that. But what, what, was, what I'm trying to say here is you're a member of God's family. So you have a sense of responsibility for God's family. So get proactive, get engaged. How can I build community with this dude? I don't know him. Maybe I should introduce myself. Maybe I should have lunch with him. Maybe I should, whatever. Maybe our kids should hang out and we'll go to the park and throw a frisbee. Let me give you a few examples of the way family um, grows together. Family walks together. A family walks together through life. Get into a community group. It would be a really, really great thing if we had most of our church connected into community groups because this is one of the primary ways we can walk together, right? It's really hard to walk together without proactively pursuing it. It doesn't just happen. You know, like it's, it's how many conversations do you have with people that says, hey, we should really hang out sometime. And you said that in August and it's like February and nothing's happened. It's really hard unless you are proactively pursuing it. It is not enough just to rub someone uh, not, it's, sorry, it's not enough just to rub shoulders with someone at church on a Sunday. I pray that this week you would consider joining a community group. That is the clearest expression that we have at the moment of walking together, of just doing relationship together. Second one, family cares for each other. This requires two elements. Caring for someone requires two elements initially. Someone willing to be transparent about their pain and someone to love them and help them and walk with them god willing may your relationships be transparent be honest about sin let me let me just break the silence just um just in case anyone's wondering um i'm a sinner i get it wrong like i just get it wrong time and time and time again and i really need the people around me to care for me enough to do something Um, now that's that's all of us that is all of us family cares for each other and we need both of those we need people willing to be honest about sin and we need people willing to care thirdly family serves each other this is a really great test of the relationship isn't it how willing are you to serve doesn't doesn't that reveal your heart you know like when someone kind of needs you and you're just going ah nah so i'm really busy what are, what are they thinking? How invested are you in their lives? Well, not really. I've got, other, I've got other priorities. But family serves each other. Cook someone a meal. Give someone a lift. Help, help meet their needs. If they're in need, what do you do about it? Look, I'll just, look I'll, let me pray for you. Just, 
Lord, he needs fifty dollars this week because he's short on rent, and uh, and I'm all good because I'm um, paying off my um, whatever, my new boat. It's like no, just help the dude out. Just meet his needs. Um, put your needs last. And lastly, family enjoys each other. The gospel is good news. It's it's good news. It's it's the good news of salvation. So enjoy it together. Sing about it together. Sing about the gospel in community, at church. Celebrate together. Have fun together. Families enjoy each other. Oh, there you go. Good on, Matt. All right, next. The next element I'll draw out of this is that we're joined together. The text there is being joined together that's right in the middle of there being joined together i'll go back actually just so we can see the context okay the last verse there christ jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the lord so we are members and we are joined together. The illustration here is of a brick wall. So now this, is, this has been done a lot of times, but um, I want to take this a bit further. The way a wall works is that the lower bricks or the, or the living stones, as Peter calls them, um, they support the bricks above it. Um, and if they were to be removed, the bricks above it would be really shaken, right? Like if you're just going down and going down, you go, all right, knock this one out. Um, it's going to cause fractures, isn't it? It's going to cause some shakiness. The question then is, are you so built into other people's lives that if you were removed, people around you would be shaken? To the degree that you are built together, that, that's what God inhabits. You can't expect God to be working in your life if you are not built into a community like this. Now that's a big call. But let me illustrate this um, through the book uh, by C.S. Lewis called Four Loves. He was, um, he was a part of a really close-knit um, circle of friends. And one of the friends, his name is Charles, passed away. Now let me, let me read you this. You can join in with me. He says this, In each of my friends there is something that only some other friend can fully bring out. By myself I am not large enough to call the whole man into activity. I want other lights than my own to show all his facets. Now that Charles is dead, I shall never again see Ronald's reaction to a specifically Charles's joke. Far from having more of Ronald, having him to myself now that Charles is away, I have less of Ronald. See what he's doing there? He's going, now that Charles is gone, I have lost the part of Ronald that only Charles could bring out. The, the element of their relationship that was unique to them. So I've actually lost something when a member was removed. He goes on to say this, In this, friendship exhibits a glorious nearness by resemblance to heaven itself, where the very multitude of the blessed increases the fruition which each has of God. The very multitude of the blessed increases the fruition of which each has of God. For every soul, seeing him in her own way, doubtless communicates that unique vision to all the rest. That, says an old author, is why the seraphim and Isaiah's vision are crying, holy, 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 to one another. Now what's he saying? Let's, 
It takes a group to know an individual. You cannot know an individual the way a group can know an individual. Now, if that is true for people, how much truer is that of God? You cannot truly know God unless you are in deep community. You can only know a small piece of God. You can only see your piece of God. And the part of God that you know is the part that other people need and you just as much need their part. So work at being joined together. This is all about being engaged and active and invested in your church community. Again, join a community group. Plant yourself. Actively pray for the people around you in your life. Encourage each other daily. Give yourself to those around you. Live in such a way that your part of the wall would shake if you were to be removed. Just think of that. If you were removed... Are there people in your community that are just going to be shaken because they are missing your part? Growing in holiness. He says at the end there, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple for the Lord. Relationships are always continually moving together or away. Sin will continually come into your relationships and attempt to separate because that's what sin does. Sin will always try and separate what God puts together. And one Peter says it like this. He says, Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to, abst- to abstain from the passions of the flesh which wage war against your soul. Work to fight sin with each other. Holiness is a community pursuit. Um, what, he, what he says there. Um, which wage war against your soul in Peter. Uh, war is not a solo mission. War, is, war takes an army. War takes a, a, a like-minded army on the same page, well aware of the opposition, well aware of the danger that exists, aware of the casualties and fighting sin together. So fight sin together in order to grow in holiness. Now what, what's the fight for? The fight is for each other's joy in God. Fight hard to see people around you see and savor the beauty and glory of God. Let me say that again. Fight really hard to see people around you enjoy the beauty and glory of God. That's the thing that you will gladly recount on your deathbed. That's the thing that will give you more joy than anything else. Let me finish with a text from 2 Corinthians. I just, God brought this to my heart this morning, so I think it'd be really good to finish here and then I will pray. Just have to find it again. Just funny. Yeah. Okay. Two Corinthians four thirteen. Since we have the same spirit of faith according to what has been written, I believed and so I spoke. We also believe and so we also speak, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you 
into his presence. Now this bit here. For it is all for your sake, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. That is our prayer um, for, for as, as a church. As grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. What do we want to see? We want to see more people saved and we want to see more people giving thanks to God that He may be glorified. That's the goal. We just want, we just want more and more and more people seeing grace, seeing the cross, seeing the beauty of Christ and just going, that's it. That's it for me. And glorifying God through that. So I pray that that would be your heart as well and that you would engage with that, that, it, that church wouldn't be a, a um, participant's and teachers and you come and you get your fill and you go and you're done but that you would be actively engaged in God's mission for the church